Hey everybody, Todd here, um, coming to you from a couple days in advance. Uh, we recorded this Monday night, so obviously we recorded this before the news that Kiki Jefferson's gone into the transfer portal. We wish her the best of luck. Um, can't, can't blame the kid at all. And, you know, there's opportunities for her that may not come again uh, in terms of basketball and, and remuneration from that basketball. Um, and for a kid that's stuck with Jamie for a long, long time, we, we just have nothing but the best and, and love for Kiki and, and really appreciative of all of her contributions. So, you know, there's a little bit of discussion um, in our kind of breakdown of the end of the season, uh, you know, where we talk about Kiki that is kind of irrelevant now. Uh, secondly, we also, for life got in the way and we're not getting this out until Thursday. So the lacrosse game has already happened. And thankfully, JMU, while not playing their best, managed to come back and beat Virginia 10-8 at home yesterday. And they're already in the top five. And man, did they look great. Uh, new star being born with um, Samantha Derry uh, having a hat trick and really providing some, some offense on a day when maybe Bella didn't have her best. So that was really fun. And of course, softball has won two games yesterday, both on walk-off hits, one of them a grand slam by KK Mathis. Uh, so pretty darn cool to see the young player breaking out. What a fun day for JMU after all of this. Uh, but I really came on just to make sure if you don't want to listen to this whole thing, totally get it. And it's a little bit of a disjointed episode and sorry for the timing. Um, but I wanted to hype up. We're having a really fantastic opportunity next week to have a, I don't know, regional slash national guest on the podcast that we're really excited about because it's, um, I don't know, someone from a little universe that means a lot to us. And uh, it's going to be really fun next week. We just want to encourage you all to listen. So we will talk to you. The podcast will be out on the normal schedule, hopefully, and uh, with a very special guest next week. Have fun. Go Dukes. Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Not a lot. Hope everybody out there is doing well tonight. Yes. Tomorrow or today or whatever it is when you're listening to this. Yes, we are. Um, If you're listening to this before Wednesday, there's a big game at Centera Park, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, Yeah, we are back tonight coming off the, I don't know, a really proud performance, Rob. from the women's team, right? I mean, the main thing we're here to talk about tonight is the end of a really special season for women's basketball. And it ended in difficult fashion, but I don't, at the I don't know. It's one of those weird games. They played so well at the beginning of the game. And maybe Ohio State wasn't awake either. I, I don't know. I have complaints about the game, but I don't think my complaints are really like, they're not really with the way anyone played or coached, you know? And they're certainly not with the effort. No, no. Incredible effort yeah. from JMU. Um, couldn't have asked. I mean, an absolute dream start uh, to the game. I think we saw the same thing we've been worried about all year. This team just has a tendency to go into four or five, six minute droughts. And, you know, I don't think that's what they did at the end of the first half. I think they actually, you know, I think Ohio State turned up the defense and JMU kind of suffered through it. Um but they did go in. I felt like they had actually made it. They made a little run there at the end of the third quarter, JMU did, to kind of close the gap. Like when you really looked at it, they'd only, I think they were like minus seven or minus four in the third quarter. 
but they were sort of getting their feet back under them. But the first few minutes of the fourth quarter, they just could not make a basket. Yeah. And it got away from them. Um, you know, after starting out, it looked like the Sunbelt title game all over. The first beginning of the game, Rob, was just like, oh, here we go. Yeah, it did. And you I mean, it, it, I, I hate to do the compare contrast the right. men's and women's tournament, because I don't think that's fair to either. They're, they're both great events. But um, the men's team has evolved to the point with the one and done era where I think mid-majors have closed the gaps because they tend to be the more experienced teams. Yeah. And you can have a Princeton or question. you know a Fairleigh Dickinson and just a bunch of seniors who play well together, maybe catch somebody off guard and off night, the pressure gets to them and upsets happen. And what, mm-hmm. what have there been like uh, not even half a dozen 15 winners and – three straight yeah. years they've got it. Um, yeah. The women's team still reminds me of the way the men's tournament, the, the women's tournament kind of reminds me of the way the men's tournament was yes. years ago when it's like you see teams like JMU put the fear of God in, in a low seated team, but then it's like things click in the second half and and you go back to it. Um, I thought it was just that, like they've got nothing to hang their heads over. They, they no. showed that, that when they were playing their best in their peak, they, they were, trading punches and they did it. And um, I mean, it is one it is. like it, it's a tough yep. situation. Uh, this is going to sound like sour grapes and I'll own it. That's fine. Oh, the, I'm biased, but like the home court thing is, is just, the home court, tonight, I'm just, we were just, my wife and I were just downstairs watching Miami, Indiana uh, in the women's tournament and Miami, the nine seed, Indiana, the one seed Miami started out real hot playing great, but they're on the road. And now they're in the second half and Indiana's, you know, it, it all comes back, right? And the yeah, crowds I mean, into and that's it. What and in- it's just tonight. I mean, even today, Ohio State, we saw, I mean, North Carolina had a beat. And they came back at the end. And it sure helps to have that crowd behind you and everything. You well, know? the press plus the crowd cheering on the press. Oh, plus the and, – and look, this it's is – I thought you were going to go to officiating. Um, that was bad too. Sour grapes. The officiating, the officiating, I don't think was – it did not cause Jamie to lose the game. And it did not – it was terrible. It was just terrible. All it was just around. terrible. It, it was a horrendous. Both like teams deserve better. Fouls? Oh, I, I, if I'm the Ohio State coach, I'm mad about that. That's what I mean. Some of our fans, and of course, you know, that's what's going to happen. Even we did the same thing. Like there were bad calls, but mainly there were just too many calls. Well, and that's like, a funny part. Like it, the announcers yeah. in the fourth quarter were kind of posturing. Oh, they were like, salty about it too because they, they were salty. They're like, they're like, we haven't gone. There hasn't been a stretch of more than a minute and a half or two minutes. Yeah. Without a whistle. Like there's no flow to this game. That really hurts you if you're trying to pull an upset. You know, if well, every time know, you start yeah. going to run, the yeah. clock stops and the other team is the ball shooting free throws. Well, and Susha played like five minutes in the whole game. Yeah. I mean, she just never got a chance to really contribute in the game and for Jamie to run their real team out there. And I thought Goodman, you know, played outstanding there in the later stages of the first half, kind of filling mm-hmm. in. But that's the kind of thing where like now you're a kid in a tough environment where like, you know, all of a sudden they're playing 25 minutes when they usually play 15, like you're mm-hmm. going to wear down. And then when you add that to like, you know, I thought Jamia Hazel played a great first half. Yeah. But like her and Caroline, you know, had to kind of handle, I mean, they're the ones who had to deal with the brunt of the press and they just, their legs went away <laughs> later in the game. And I think it's understandable a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, also give it up to how I say, they ran oh, yeah. a really effective press. They really It was do. frustrating as a fan because yeah. I know uh, – I'm sure there are a lot of people who are screaming at the TV like, oh, just just get through it. No. It's 50 no. times harder to do that yeah. than it looks. Yeah. Um, 
they've got the size they're in there and then plus with the crowd noise and everything like yeah. that's a great press they're a really good team yeah. i know they kind of stumbled down the stretch mm-hmm. but they came out of the big 10 which is yeah. you know it it's a power league for a reason they mm-hmm. put what was it seven teams in the tournament yeah. they had knocked off indiana in yeah, the big 10 tournament like yeah. Yeah. you know um they're yeah. a really really good team battle tested team um with a heck of a press that's tough to prepare for you know, you, you can set it up and run practice things, but you're running against people who don't haven't been doing that for 30 games, whereas That's Ohio right. State has, and they were they were effective at it, and it enabled them to kind of bear through their tough shooting first quarter and get mm-hmm. them right back in the game. And then, you know, they just kind of took over in the second half. Um, stuff yeah. happens. That's basketball. That's the game. But uh, I don't know. I was still really, really proud of Coach O and all the players, and I thought they Me did too. an outstanding job. They represented JMU well. Uh, this is not a program that is going to put up, you know, banners for moral victories or anything. That is not where no. they want to go. But, but let's be honest. Step one was getting back to the tournament, or step yep. one was proving they that they can compete in the Sun Belt. They were picked to finish sixth. They won the league. They won the tournament. They got back to the tournament. They went on the road in the tournament. Yep. You know, played, played really a great well. first quarter. Played a really tough second quarter. Um, things got away from them a little bit in the third quarter, but then they battled back like. That, that's yeah. a very positive year. That's that's pushing the ball forward in a very well, way. I'd way much – I think in the moment on Saturday, it's more like the fact that JMU jumped out to the lead and played so well early in the game sort of made it more difficult in the moment. But in hindsight, a couple days later now, I'd much rather them have played legitimately gone toe-to-toe with a big program like that and you know played well and had it – kind of come apart in the second half than just like do the typical 14 seed and like be down 12 at halftime and lose by 25, you yeah. know, like this is a real sign of progress. And that's they what put I the real, they, they're they, doing. They made the, Ohio State yeah. earn it. You know, yeah. 14 seeds are supposed to get blown out. Three seeds are both seven easy kind of walkthrough where they play all their bench players and rest up for the second game. Um, it, it's not the Stanford situation yesterday is a complete anomaly in the women's tournament. Correct. Yeah. That doesn't happen, you know? No. And I just felt like this whole season, like you said, it was just about building, rebuilding the foundation or, Mm -hmm. you know, getting it restabilized a little bit. And the way they played against Ohio State on Saturday just felt like another brick, you know, that they were putting in place in the program building that they're trying to do with this team. And there's no doubt that they, I mean, the way they played, throughout the season, you know, the way they kind of, you know, they stumbled a little bit midway through, but to come back, win the Sunbelt regular season, win the Sunbelt tournament, you know, sort of leave no doubt that they're here for the long haul again. Um, now we just need Kiki to come back, come back one more year, Kiki. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. I don't know. I thought that was interesting that Coach O was kind of, it's, a, it's, this is going to be a weird I have to say I'm personally kind of interested in this situation. I don't, you know, seriously, no pressure on Kiki, who by all accounts has done, you know, and according to Coach O, has done like everything you could possibly ever have asked for in her four years at JMU. Yeah. But you do wonder like, okay, what are the options for a kid like her? Right. Could she, you know, is she testing the waters of like pro the pro ranks? Or is there just an NIL deal out there from Miami, you know, or something like that that's calling her name? Like, I have no idea. So, um, 
It'd be fascinating to see. I think the program's in good shape no matter what. Um, but certainly would love if they have Kiki back they're you know, they have Kiki back. They're arguably like a borderline top 25 team going into the season. You know, I mean, they're well, certainly, I mean, they're certainly, uh, yeah. Right. I don't and know a, what they're in terms of rankings. And type. Yeah. You know, Mm-hmm. Or, or at least the goal would be very objectively for them and outsiders from the program. The goal would be to get back to the tournament. It wouldn't be like this year. Nobody would be picking them sixth. They'd be on the radar of like, okay, this is a team that went, took a big step forward, got back to what JMU basketball is all about. Mm-hmm. And now they're ready to build on it. Well, and I think coach O, I mean, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to talk to him like off the record about, you know, just JMU did really well in the portal this year. In what was almost, it felt to me almost like year one for JMU in the portal, just because of like COVID and the the transition and everything. Yeah, we could actually but, recruit but, to go postseason. Right, and so they had Kozlova, uh, German, and King Hawea were all like big, big, you know, big massive contributors. contributors to the team this year. And I don't think there's any reason to think that they won't do the same. I mean, when you go and say. Like, this is our arena. This is how we play. This is what our school is like. Like, it's a massive thing. And like you just said about the men's tournament, Rob, I thought it was funny. You and I and our some, you know, Rich and Dreek, we texted last night about how all of our brackets were terrible. Like, we felt like it was our worst ever brackets on the men's side. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about it afterwards, and I was like, you know, you're, it's exactly what you said about the portal. Like, the men's side has already figured out that if you're oh, – I don't know. Maybe this is too anecdotal, but it's just like if you're like six man, seventh man on a like big, big program team and you could be the number one or number two option on a like half a step down team. And so it feels like the talent has spread out around the country in a way that's made this tournament like crazy. (laughs) I don't know. You just see all these kids. There's so many kids on all these teams that came from somewhere else and they did get their shot or whatever. I mean, heck, the number one team in the country, Alabama, you know, Javon Quinterly was like the biggest recruit ever at Villanova at one point. Mm-hmm. And now he's like the third, you know, for whatever reason, he ends up at another school and that really boosts a roster um, from maybe a, not a historical basketball program. Um, but yeah, and I, I, I don't know how that's going to all play out on the women's side. We haven't quite figured it. I, I feel like they're a half a step behind for sure. So. Well, I think you need more things to happen, like what happened to Stanford last night. You need more upsets mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. it's not just everybody vying to try mm-hmm. to do what they can to get to the South Carolinas, Yukons, Stanford's, Notre Dame's of the world. You know, you need well, other and people. And you need the pro like, options to continue opening up because one yeah. of those, all those kids on the men's side who are like, I want to be the man at my college program. The reason is because they still haven't given up on their pro dream. Yeah. Whereas on the women's side, it's kind of like, well, what I really want to do is like, even if I could transfer and be the seventh player at South Carolina or Stanford, like that gives me the best chance to win a title. <laughs> and that's still a big, big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Who knows? It's um, interesting. Yeah. It is. And, I, but I'm, I'm confident now that JMU women are going to be just fine. Like, you know, we'll see. Obviously if they bring back Kiki, sky's the limit next year. Um, if they don't, they're going to turn this roster over to a new group. And we'll see. But I also think with the facilities and the support that they get at JMU, they're going to 
they, it, they got this thing moving back in the right direction. Again. It's an attractive, it's an attractive uh, recruiting pitch, both for transfers and high school recruits. No doubt. And uh, just big thanks to all the kids who played for JMU this year. We had a lot of fun watching the team, a lot of fun watching the staff. Uh, hopefully they, you know, everybody that can come back will. We'll, we'll come back in the summer, like post, I don't know, whatever, Rob. We've already got a couple transfers on the men's side. But I don't even know how to react to that anymore. In the old days, we would have been like, oh, man, we lost a player. Now I'm like, well, who are we bringing in? Like, you know, just uh, be an interesting offseason. So, yeah, and in terms of staff, it's also mm-hmm. one thing that everybody was pretty excited about and I feel like has kind of flown under the radar. Uh, bringing in Neil Harrow from Troy – like Seems a lot like of women's basketball insiders were saying, that's a really savvy move by Coach O. You know, this is a guy that had a lot of success at Troy, which was kind of the preeminent Sun Belt mm-hmm. women's basketball team. Brought him in, and I don't, I don't have insight into the program. I'm not at practices, but it sure looks like that move paid off. Like a lot it of does. things went well, and I think that's one thing. Like you can't the the assistant coaching staff that Coach O put together for this year. Um, really seems like it's got a bright future and just it's it's been a good core it has and and hopefully they can bring that group back next year um but what a run for the for you know one of the most solid programs at jmu uh good year and that that does turn us um i don't know what are we here on the spring is this the spring solstice i don't know last day it of is. the winter yeah yeah. yeah. So it is officially time to fully turn the page to spring sports. And boy, did we have some spring sports this weekend, Rob. Um, yeah. And I, I guess we get, we got to start with lacrosse. You know, I mean, number they, five they're, they're in the humming, nation. The number five in the nation, JMU Dukes lacrosse. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on down there, but they're starting to put it together. And we said this from the very beginning of the season, they're getting contributions outside of just Bella Peterson. Don't get me wrong, she's the linchpin, but like she won the American Player of the Week again this week, uh, and Maddie Epke won Freshman of the Week. They beat Florida. Then uh, that was a number seven versus number eight matchup. Um, beat them 14-9 on Saturday, right at the beginning of as the basketball game was tipping off. And they just were, like the Hopkins game, you know, it was yeah, a close game. game, and then they just went on a run to close it and turn it into like a pretty comfortable victory. I'm starting to wonder, like, what is it? You're right, because they were down nine to eight and closed on a six nothing run, or I think it was some, seven nothing. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but like, but it was an eight, eight. I remember at one point looking at the score because we were getting ready to watch the basketball game and just kind of following the lacrosse game, and it was eight eight, and I was like, man, this is going to be tight. And then you know you watch the hoops game and you, you know, I was just kind of following along on Twitter, and all of a sudden it's like fourteen, you know, they win fourteen nine. So I don't know what they're doing in the fourth quarter, but clearly they're starting to figure something out. Like you said, in the Hopkins game, now the Florida game, this was a big win. Um, Interestingly, over the weekend, North Carolina, the previously invincible team I keep talking up, lost to my uh, frenemy, Northwestern. So that's kind of flipped the uh, script there at the top of the top five. But JMU, as we said, just keeps rocketing up. And as we said at the beginning tonight, they host number 12 UVA uh, Wednesday at 5 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. They're out there at Centera Park. It's a great chance to go watch a, you know, I mean, Rob, are we looking at, I mean, this feels like 2018, doesn't it? I actually think it feels a little bit 
ahead of where 2018 was. It does. Um, Yeah. 2018, uh, you know, uh, the great retrospective that the breeze did last week on that championship team, I I thought was really outstanding. If you haven't read it, go give it a read. It's really well done. And it was really neat. And like they talked about kind of how the team was still, even when they were winning, they were talking about like, Oh, the underdog story. And they had somebody, I don't know, maybe it was Haley Warden or or somebody quoted on that team was like, no, we're not, we weren't underdog. We were just better than everybody else. And they were, but at the time, I mean, they were the only national championship winner that wasn't, like you mentioned, North Carolina, Northwestern played this weekend. Yep. North Carolina, Northwestern, and Maryland won every national championship. For like 20 years or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, JMU has, is the one, you know, one of these things does not look like the other right, in, right. That, in the past 20 years. Right. It is not a very big invite list to that national championship party. It's those three no. teams battling out every year. Um, but JMU was just really good. I, I believe... That year, they they opened the season with an overtime victory over North Carolina. I think okay. they lost to Maryland during the year. They beat Florida in the tournament. Like they just they just mm-hmm. took care of business and beat everybody. But mm-hmm. they still were a little bit of the new kid on the block at the Very time. Um, I, I don't think they were top five at this point in the season. We can go back and check. But no, I feel like they're a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, mm-hmm. This win was really big in terms of being the Jeez. first AAC matchup against florida yeah um i don't know it's it was really really impressive but this team is rolling and to do it on a day when isabella peterson only scored three goals yep. and i say that like only in only. air quotes um like you said that's just showing they're getting contributions from all over the place yeah it's it's really good and it's i don't know it's yeah lizzie fox also had a hat trick this weekend um epke and caitlin morgan both had four assists uh, yeah, just they're getting it from all over now. They're so I mean, I think Peterson's what third in the nation in scoring it, or in least, goals. Yeah, at one point she was first. I don't know if somebody's, yeah, it's a lot. I think, I don't know. I think she's, she's at like 39, yeah. which is ahead of her pace from last year, which was her best season with 70 something goals. So, yeah, yeah this, a, this team is really rolling. Yeah, they're really, and, and like you said, I, I guess it also feels different playing Florida as a conference game, Rob feels like more of a benchmark in a way that we didn't know in the old conference, like even in 2018 when they did get it rolling. I, I don't know if we were ever sure, you know, until the NCAA tournament, like, okay, we think they're really good, but we're not certain. We're now in the, in the American, it feels like, okay, they played Florida. They're hosting UVA out of conference this week, but then they go to Temple this weekend. So like, they're just going to get tested you know, they still have Temple. They still have Vanderbilt. Like, they have other good – I don't know. We're going to know a lot by the time they get to the postseason. Yeah, and they it's were good. tested in the old league. I mean, the old league was a they multi-bid were. league. Yep. So was, but it wasn't multi-national championship contenders. And Florida has been That's in the is. mix. for. You know, JMU has broken through, but Florida yeah. has been there with the Boston colleges of the world. In yeah, terms they've of been that, like, in that, like, elite eight. Yeah. You know, real contender mix for a bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it feels like that this year, you know, they're going to see Florida again, I assume, in the AAC tournament, you know, most likely. So you're going to know a lot about the team by the time they get to the real, you know, to the big dance, hopefully. Um, but what a, yeah, it's just an exciting, exciting time for lacrosse. And yeah, I'm starting to get a little bit, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm just super optimistic and getting really excited for what's ahead. So I um well, as yeah. you should be, man. This is, yeah, this is a great in. team that's just playing yeah. great, great lacrosse. 
Yeah. You know, I know it's going to be fun. Someday we're going to get to play Northwestern. Come on. Dude. <laughs> All right. Uh, another team, Rob, that I was really pleased. We got two more to cover, uh, but a big series win to their first ever series in the Sun Belt from softball this weekend. Uh, took two out of three from Coastal. One in a really ridiculous pitching matchup on uh, yesterday on Sunday. Both sides, yeah. Both sides, yeah. One nothing. Yeah. Um, Alyssa Humphrey was perfect through five, I think, at one point, and then gave up a hit. Coach decided to make a switch, and the freshman carried them there the last couple innings, got them through. I mean, and not just one freshman, but all the freshmen. I think it was Kate Carrier had the winning hit. Um, you know, to, uh, Kyla Berry, yeah, the freshman pitcher came in and, and pitched the last two innings for JMU. Um, and JMU wins one nothing, beat uh, beat Coastal, what, the first game and the last game. Um, but Coastal was really good. I think they were like 20, what were they, 24 and six? Yeah. Uh, they were 20, yeah, they were 23 and four coming into the weekend, Coastal was. And it's just great to see. And Alyssa Humphrey has really got it going. Um, she seems like circle. she's pitching with a lot more confidence. Really does. Uh, just and I, I'm so shocked for a pitcher that we don't think of as a. I mean, don't you know? Never been a quote power pitcher, but she's striking people out like crazy. <laughs> I mean, she's really not giving up anything. She used to be kind of a pitcher who was like really smart and crafty and like worked around things and you know managed the lineup. Now it feels like oh, like Greg just, Maddox sort of. Yeah, thing. but now yeah. it feels like she's just mowing through the lineup for most of these teams. And yeah, she's just an easy athlete to root for as well. Uh, oh, I really admire her for the way she's been pretty outspoken in terms mm-hmm. of her advocacy, advocacy for mental health. Mm-hmm. Given the situation last year, she was, you know, yeah. with her best friend and everything. I, yeah. I think it's really neat the way that she stepped up and kind of spoken to what's more important than softball, but mm-hmm. also elevated her game at the same time. It just yeah. it makes it. A, she's just a very easy person to root for. Yeah, it's. That's we were talking about it this weekend at home, and I was just like, "This is going to be one of our like, if she stays another year, like she's going to be one of the, you know, easily one of the quiet, kind of quietly becoming one of our favorite JMU athletes, um, in that way." Yeah, just a person you really root for. Yeah, the Dukes are up to fifteen and seven, playing well. Um, Just they they host, uh, yeah, they host Mason on Wednesday as well. So Wednesday at three. They play. Uh, they host Mason, and then lacrosse after them at five, hosting UVA. And just in terms of expectations, like it, everybody obviously wants sweep after sweep after sweep, but this is a different sort of league. Oh yeah, seri- series wins are a big deal. This isn't going to be like mm-hmm. Jesus is the third time I've had to mention the league that shall not be named. But yeah, <laughs> uh, this <laughs> isn't like that situation where you don't want them to drop a game. If they drop a game in league play, oh, it's sort of like if you drop a game over the weekend, but you pick up the other two, fine. You know, get out of there with a series win. It, it, it's that sort of situation. It's mm-hmm. not like what we are used to as JMU fans. So, like, like you said, Coastal's been a pretty good program um, and has gotten off to a very good start. And, mm-hmm. hey, for the first for the first conference series, I think it's terrific. You come out of there with a win and move on to the next one. Just feel like you're, yeah, in the mix a little bit. Um, Louisiana back in the top 25, coming to town oh, what, a week and a half from now. So I think there may be a JMUSB presence at that one. <laughs> Looking forward to it. So, yeah, excited for softball ahead. And, Rob, baseball, they did get one win. I was glad they got off the Sunbelt schneid a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, you know, he got blown out the first game against Coastal, and I was like, oh, no, here we go. Um, came yeah, back, got that, a win. That seemed kind of ominous. But... It did. Came back and got a win on Saturday. Um, you know, lost the series 2-1, to one, but as you said, like, you know, for baseball this year, the goal is like not getting swept in this series. You know, yeah, it's a completely different set of expectations, unfortunately. Yeah, especially the top half of the league. In fact, baseball just generally looks respectable in the Sun Belt. Like, I don't know. There's, I keep seeing there's, you know, the guys that run the Fun Belt podcast do the like power rankings or whatever. And, you know, they're not last. <laughs> I mean, they're in the middle of the pack, you know, and, uh, Hopefully they can hang in there. It's just, it's going to be, yeah, it's just a different world in this league for sure. And yeah. then the last thing today, Rob, was uh, pro day was today for football. Um, quite a few JMU players. I thought, I thought there were, what did they say? There were 20, over 20 teams represented from the NFL. That's uh, good. Scouting, scouting players today at JMU. I think guys, you know, real standouts, including um, obviously Todd Santeo. I think it's probably the name that, everyone's most interested in, but Percy, Chris Thornton, also definitely impressive today. Thornton in particular, I think was impressive just athletically today. Uh, and I did see, I think Ethan Racky was kicking, was actually back kicking again today. Yeah, he was. So, yeah. So you never know. I mean, and as we see right now, I mean, we're kind of getting it. We're all kind of ha- having a good time. You know, we're not intense about it. But it's fun getting to watch Danucci and Fornadel and Ankara play in the XFL. I mean, the Danucci thing in particular, and the Forn- I mean Fornadel playing for the DC team, so the games are on, and like, you know, occasionally a high school friend will write me about it or something, you know. But and then Danucci being the quarterback, it's it's fun right now. There's more opportunities for these guys, so you know, hopefully they're getting to do something they love. You know, good for them. Absolutely. And yeah, I'm definitely rooting for those guys. So, and spring game coming up April 22nd. Uh, so just over a month from now, uh, practice starts in earnest. I think this, what, next week, spring practice or this weekend, spring ball. So getting down to it. Uh, I don't have anything else this week, Rob. The last thing I wanted to say is, should, we should have said this off the beginning, but we, we are... Um, Angling towards having a very special guest next week. I think we're going to have a lot of fun on the podcast. It is not the off season. You guys are going to want to, those of you that that have listened to what 300 plus episodes of us, you're definitely going to want to hear next weekend because you're, you're God bless anybody who's done that. (laughs) Right. Question of judgment. But you are the people who will appreciate next week's um, extremely special guest. (laughs) This will be a fun one. (laughs) There will be some laughing about, uh, probably at our own expense a little bit next week. Well, that's fine. And anybody yeah. who's extremely online in college football Twitter, I think will enjoy next week. That is a good way of saying it. Yes. If you are, um, if you're as deep down the like kind of Twitter college football world as we are, um, next week will be a lot of fun. That's all we'll say. Which I will say, and college football is rapidly, be- college football Twitter is rapidly becoming the only Twitter that is appealing. <laughs> I got to say. <laughs> I think that's, I, I it's the, it, yeah. it's, it's hanging on strong. Like everything else yes. seems to be crumbling and people are walking away. College football Twitter is still just, you know, poking the bear. It's not, it's not going down without a fight. Yeah, I know. It's funny. 
Yep. I know I've been sad like March Madness this week. I like miss our old, you know, like I, I, the college basketball world is not the same on there. <laughs> right? No, like, it's not even close. No. There, there's no. just, it's, yeah. it's a little too, um, I don't want to say sanctimonious, but there's a certain, there's a certain element of college football Twitter that yes. is in on the joke. That is college football. That, yes. That, that does not translate to college basketball Twitter. That's what it is. Yes. That's yeah. a good way of saying it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of, yeah. The college basketball Twitter part is very, um, I don't know. Yeah. You can see where they'd be frustrated with Twitter right now, I guess. Yeah. But also it. like with college basketball, yeah. like I, the, uh, did you watch the, the Fairleigh Dickinson mm-hmm. Florida Gulf Coast game or whatever? Yeah. Florida, Florida Atlantic. Atlantic. Yeah. The dunk at the end. Like I will say both extreme reactions were equally ridiculous to me. Yes. Like the idea, like I didn't think it was cool. I was like, yeah, it's kind of lame, but it didn't change my opinion of Florida Atlantic. It no. didn't make me feel sad for poor old Fairleigh Dickinson. No. I was just like, yeah, I kind of wish he didn't do that. Okay. On to the next game. Yep. The people that were full on like, oh my gosh, this is now, this is you know, the enemy of college basketball. We all need to go against the owls are terrible. That was ridiculous to me. The people that went full on like, well, just stop them. That's what I would have done. Like the armchair quarterbacks. <laughs> like that was just as ridiculous. Like it was just on both ends. It was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, can't we just be like, eh, I kind of wish he didn't do that, but stuff happens. He's a college kid. If I could dunk, you know, I would probably think more dunking is cool than less dunking. Like yes. it wasn't this calculated move to show anybody up, but it also, I don't know would have been cooler if it didn't happen. And the guy just threw the ball up in the air and went and hugged his teammates or something. But like, I just, I found that entire thing to be kind of the epitome of like college football would have had more college football. Twitter would have had more fun with that. Oh yeah. They would have enjoyed the hell out of that. There (laughs) would have been more funny reactions, people joking about it or been memes. It was just this like extreme. It it almost seemed like political. (laughs) I know. I know your side and go to your corner and don't give an inch and just, you know, it was just, yeah, it was, it I was also disappointed in college basketball Twitter today for not um, like Rick Pitino is taking the St. John's job. Yes. <laughs> this, like, this should have been like the moment for college yeah. basketball Twitter. And they're all, it was quiet. It was like crickets. I'm like, wait, it's just not the same this thing. Is hysterical. It, just... I want to laugh at this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, exactly. it, it, we can't laugh at ourselves as college basketball fans and don't, don't, don't kid yourselves. College basketball is every bit as ridiculous as college football. Oh, yes. And all, and in good ways and bad ways. But yes. like, there's just this idea of like college, college basketball, Twitter, everybody seems to kind of make fun of Duke without understanding that in many ways they are all Duke. They're all Duke. Yes. You yes. know, like they're like, <laughs> Oh, Duke takes themselves too seriously, but they all take themselves too seriously with regard to like, Oh, that dirty football game. And this, like it's, Get a group well, people. Every year, all our mid-major, low-major friends who are like, this tournament is all blue bloods and it's terrible. They don't give enough chi-. And then this tournament, there are no blue bloods. Yes. <laughs> in the tournament at this point. And everyone's like, this isn't a very good tournament. Yeah. Like, right, like, and I'm like, wait, what? It's just, <laughs> it's kind of, right, exactly. I mean, it's great. The tournament is probably the greatest sporting event that has ever been it's created. It's the best. The best. Yeah. Um, but it's also humorless in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it takes itself so seriously, but yeah. It, it really does. It really does. And, Did and, you see the ending of that, um, the, what was that, Gonzaga TCU? 
No, I fell asleep. That game started. It's supposed to start at nine forty. Would it tip off like nine fifty five? I also didn't watch the end of it, and then I woke up to that, to the news of the way it ended from a gambling standpoint. Well, and it was I, the backdoor cover, wasn't it? Oh my god, it was like the all time. Yeah. So the what was the the line was four and a half. Four and a half. I think they hit TCU. I think Zaga hits a three. Wait. Oh, what was it? I don't even remember. Oh, I know what it was. Um, TCU hit a shot. And there was only like six seconds left or something. So TCU hits a shot and you think TCU is going to cover. And then TCU fouls with 0.7 seconds left. They foul again. So Gonzaga goes, goes to the line. Kid makes two and Gonzaga's covering now. They're up five or six, whatever it was. And TCU does the rolling the ball. There's only 0.7 seconds. Oh, the walking the dog up the court. the ball to half yeah. court. And the Gonzaga kids... Don't go near him because it's like they're winning by six with no, you know, it's 0.7. Like there's nothing left to do. Yeah. And uh, and the TCU kid picks it up and hits a half-court shot to cover. Like, oh. Oh, I mean, that, That's was, just a dagger. Like literally the other players are walking, are already handshaking. Mm-hmm. Like the other TCU players were shaking hands with the Gonzaga players and like walking off the court and that, and the ball goes in. And you're like, and I saw one. I don't know if it's from. I think it was from MGM, but there was a video from one of the like sports books at a casino today. You know, and the game is so over. And then there's guys like falling down on the ground. <laughs> you know, like just dying. oh, in the in the sports book. In the sports book, yeah. like the video is of the all the people sitting in the sports book watching, and like everyone stands up to cheer when the guy makes the free throws, thinking like, oh, Gonzaga's covering, and then. Everyone stops watching as the ball rolls slowly up the court, and then the TCU kid picks it up, throws it in. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's <laughs> like don't gamble on college sports, people. That's yeah, that's absolute dagger. Right? Don't do it. Don't do it. So enjoy the bracket. Yes, bet on your bracket. Enjoy that. But yeah. Anyways, we'll be back next week with an awesome episode. Rob, um, anything else from you this week? Uh, no, man. Yeah, it's it's no. 10 o'clock on a Monday night. Let's just... Exactly. Let, let's give it... All nobody's day. listening to this anyway. Who are we kidding? No. Thank you, um, Duke's basketball, for a really fun year. Men's, men's and women's, but particularly the women's team. But it was nice to have relevant JMU basketball again this year, wasn't it, Rob? It was. It was. It was. And it was just... It was nice to see the women back dancing and yep. looking forward to seeing where they go from here. You got it. Go Dukes.
Give my goddamn records in my clothes back Cause I'm through Oh, how I'm 